0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ariel Hawani, host of the MMA Hour on the Vox Media Podcast Network. Each week, we interview the biggest names in the world of mixed martial arts and beyond. So tune in live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern over at MMAfighting.com or download the show afterwards on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you then.
1: Welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. I'm Mike Prada, and this is team preview number 2430, the Toronto Raptors, a team that kind of went for it at the end of last year, fell short against the Cavaliers, and now they're probably bringing the band back together. Kyle Lowry re-signed for a big money deal. Serge Ibaka re-signed for a big money deal. It sort of feels like they might be running in place, but is that such a bad thing? Our two panelists disagree on that topic, and it's a really interesting discussion. We've got Surat Sohi. She's a terrific features writer, based in Canada, writes for The Athletic, writes for a number of other websites. And we've got Daniel Reynolds, the editor-in-chief of SB Nation's Raptors HQ our Raptors site to talk through, okay, so this is the team they've got. So is that a good thing? Is Was it time to reboot this summer? Did they make the right decision running it back? And is there any room for upside from here? That and a ton of other topics on this podcast about the Raptors, some interesting banana boat answers. This one was a lot of fun. This is, again, team preview number 24 of 30. We're almost done with this team preview series with members of the SB Nation community and other friends of the Limited Upside podcast. We are part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the five stars. We love that but we also appreciate the constructive three stars as well. We want to know what we can do to do better. You can also send us questions for any part of the show by tweeting at us at limited underscore upside. Send us questions for our remaining team previews and for all our shows during the season. We love to hear your interaction. We ask these on every show. You can also find us anywhere else you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and, of course, on SBNation.com NBA. Until then, this is the Toronto Raptors preview on the limited Upside podcast. We're back. Limited Upside Team Preview number 24 of 30. The Toronto Raptors, uh, who won 51 games last year and kind of have mostly the same team. So, we're going to talk about a lot of things we talked about last year. Uh, We have Daniel Reynolds from Raptors HQ. He was on the show last year and making her debut, Surat Sohi, the internet's Surat Sohi. She works for The Athletic and a number of other websites. Friends, I'll just ask this first question right off the bat. Either one of you all can answer. So, Toronto goes 51 and 31 last year. They get swept out of the second round of the playoffs. They have a defining offseason where they bring back most of the core. If you had to sum up the mood of the fan base in a single word, what would you choose? Meh. Yeah. Cautious. Okay, you're like this eighth person who's use that word now in this series. So congratulations. Nobody sure. has used meh. So why meh? Is it just because it's like the same same thing, different names?
2: Right, and it's just the whole like they're just running back the same team again, except just you know on a higher payroll. And I think uh, I think there was just a sense last year that at least I had this sense uh, it things had played themselves out. They the. With uh, with Larry's count- contract coming to an end too, it just seemed like you know, it was a natural end to things, just because it just doesn't really seem like there's uh there's too much progress this team can make. So you know, it's just you can convince yourself of certain things. You can say, yeah, maybe the young guys will make a uh, make improvements or some other internal improvements. Demar started shooting three, stuff like that. But you know, just nothing really to get get really excited about. We're past the point to where you know you can just like say that the Raptors are a historically bad, bad franchise they've pretty much tacked off all of the things that franchises like to tack off when they're when they're less developed like they've they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals there's really nothing to look forward to in that sense either so it's just kind of like I said meh
1: now Daniel, you use cautious. So, is it still the same sort of thought process there, where it's like, yeah, what is there really to accomplish this year that's new?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not as uh, like Sarah said. It's I'm not as sort of I'm, I'm excited to watch them play. Like, I, I think there are some things to sort of keep an eye on, just because the team is roughly the same in its core, but obviously the back half of the roster. I mean, who knows what they could do? I mean, theoretically, yes, uh, there's probably not that much room for improvement this season. But at the same time, it's kind of – I'm in the sort of place where it's like, well, that's sort of – the competency of the team is now pretty well established. And uh, if the worst thing that can happen is that they, you know, win 50 games and, you know, make it to the second round of the playoffs – I'm okay with that because I don't think they've completely locked up, locked themselves into some sort of terrible situation where they have, where they're stuck in. in, They're in stasis, but they're in a good stasis, a stasis that puts them in a good place.
1: Yeah, it's it's sort of an interesting situation, obviously. So I think to think about where this team is, you have to go back to the trade deadline. You know, that was sort of Mm -hmm. they make these big moves for Serge Ibaka, P.J. Tucker. That's sort of I think i looked at that at the time and that was sort of like, this is it. This is our chance. You know, our players are in their prime. They're not getting any younger. We've got, you know, okay, we have some nice young players, but like this is this is the moment. And then Lowry gets hurt, what, like three days after or really yeah. it was before the, the trade deadline. And then so that happens. Yeah. It was in the All-Star game, right?
0: Oh, before the All Star game,
1: yeah, yeah, and then he reaggravated in the All Star yeah, game, yeah, um, yeah. and then you know they had they make the best of what they can do, and then the playoffs. This is sort of sometimes the curse of the uh, unexpected season. Is they were not expected to make the conference finals the year before, and so they have still a pretty good year, but then the loss of to Cleveland for nothing is so deflating. I think in a way that this was, and like Surat said, it was very much like this is the finality of where we're at. You know, Kyle Lowry's a free agent, Ibaka, the team's getting older, and they face this sort of, do we blow it up? Do we bring it back or do we fully bring it back? And they ended up deciding to bring back Lowry, bring back Ibaka. They got three-year deals out of them, but they didn't bring back anyone else.
0: But that's the thing. The, three, the three-year deals is the, is the is the thing that makes all the difference.
1: Yeah, it it definitely does. But I, I guess one other thing I'm kind of curious about is, Sir Rob, would you have blown it up? Like, would this have felt a little bit more different, like sort of freer, if the team really did decide, okay, this is it. You know, we had a good run, and let's just kind of go from let's just blow it up instead of what they ended up doing, which was kind of mostly bringing it back, but not all the way because that would have cost about seven hundred gazillion dollars.
2: Yeah, I think I would have. I would have blown it up just because. You know, blowing it up in this situation is not like you're you're stuck in oblivion and you're trying to like race for the bottom pick. I just think it's a matter of you know, like this team with without Lowry would probably still make the playoffs. And instead, you know, okay. you're just like you're just not locked in to to something that you don't really want to be locked into, like the back end of contract of Lowry's contract, regardless of whether it's three years or not. Is good, not going to look good. And I understand that that's also the time that DeRozan has, but that's also a more attractive contract that maybe you could, at some point, just based on the development of the young guys, see uh, see if you can pawn it off for something. I know he's not going to demand a lot, but there is potential to get younger there. And I think the other thing is just, like, it resets expectations to really really allow some of the younger guys to, to develop in a situation where they're not, you know, waylaid by this pressure to try to be as good as the Boston Celtics uh, or to try to keep up with the Wizards, you know they can just uh, they can develop on their own timeline. There's not like you know, it, it, and it goes down to Casey too because then if Casey's not in the pressure cooker, then he's a little bit more emboldened to be playing those guys as well.
1: Daniel, I sense you disagree.
0: Well, I think I mean I, I get that. Without Lowry, I think yeah they'd probably make the playoffs, but they'd be a bad team. Like they'd be they'd be the they'd get swept in the first round instead of the second round. Like they just wouldn't have enough. Sure,
2: but practice. like that's what's what's the point of being swept in the second round, right? Like, what, what, like what's the great value in that when you know that there's really no no hope of getting but, to the place where you really want to be?
0: Well, that's the thing. I think I think. In this case, I think Masai sort of is betting on the idea of like keeping the team flexible enough in the short term that you could see what you have in terms of your young players and potentially position yourself in case something else happens. A team falls apart, so some unexpected player becomes available. I mean, we've seen him do that again and again in the sense that he doesn't make any really rash moves, but he definitely takes opportunities to bolster or get out of from underneath – you know, bad deals. And so this idea that Lowry's is just going to fall apart or that like uh, that like Ibaka aging in dog years or something. It's like I, I don't completely subscribe to that. I don't know if it's like I, I and I'm fine with the team just sort of going, staying steady because they've been so non-steady or what's the word I'm looking for? They've been so, it's been so rocky for so long. Crappy? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, to be, just to be seen as a competent franchise, all of a sudden it doesn't seem so unlikely that they could sign people or make trades because they've proven that they, they can do it. I'm curious about
1: the market factors here because like you, this whole debate of is it means something for a team like Toronto that has historically really not done much. And, you know, I, I hate to compare everything to like the team that I root for, but this is some of the sort of thought process that's going on in wizards land right now too, given the history of the team. Is there, is there like a lot of value in having six, seven, eight years where you're pretty good? You're almost Atlanta Hawks style good. Um, And I think it's a little different because Toronto has, in their prime stars. And I think the Wizards fans can at least look and think like, Oh, our stars are going to get better. Um, whereas with Toronto, I think we kind of know that what we're getting from Lowry and DeRozan and it's, I mean, it could go a little bit up, but I think realistically we're hoping that it stays the same, but even mm-hmm. so there is still a discussion of like, what is the long-term value? And this is a question I threw out on there, our, our kind of agenda, but I think it's a good time to hit this. Now, what exactly is the long-term value of having six years of winning fifty games and losing mm-hmm. the second round. Uh for a market like Toronto as opposed to perhaps other markets, you know, Toronto is selling out when the fan base has been re-energized. You know, I guess the other question is sort of underpinning this whole debate as well is like, has it sufficiently be re- been rent has it sufficiently been re-energized so that you can now reboot it again and there's still you build enough that it will sustain during the reboot, or do you need a few more years of sustained play to be able to reboot down the road?
2: I think a couple things there. First off, the thing with the thing with Lowry is that it's not just like a random projection that he is it's is likely to break down. Like this is a guy who's been injured going into the playoffs every year. He plays heavy minutes. He's smaller. He takes a beating, and he's getting to the age where point guards really start to decline. I understand. Like he's, he's going to have an easier time with it just because he can shoot. But I mean, it's like it's not like he's going to get better. And to your point about the Wizards, I think the other thing, other than them just being young, is that they have John Wall. I mean, this—he's he's way better than anybody on the Raptors. Like he's like.
1: I don't know I if everybody would agree of, with that. By the way, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but, I just, yeah, I don't
2: think it's particularly close. I mean, I like we can feel however you want about Kyle Lowry. Just John Wall is a better basketball player.
0: His ceiling is Montreal's definitely higher. Ends. Yeah, he could definitely do more. Like he, his 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 peaks are definitely higher than anyone on the Raptors for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. And probably you know currently as well. Just he's the best passer in the like other than LeBron James. He's probably the best passer in the conference and. I mean, just he's more athletic. He's younger. He's just I don't know. He's just he's just a better player. I think he gives the franchise a lot more hope. But I, don't know, I I think the other thing is just be. I think this team has done its job. This this iteration of the Raptors did its job. I don't think that running it back for any more years would give the franchise any more legitimacy than it has today.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a debate, right? I mean, I guess the, it ha, if it's done its job already, then it, we should be able to cycle through a new a new sequence. I don't know. I think, I mean, Daniel, do you think it's done, this This core has done its job?
0: I was going to joke and say, uh, um, it'd be interesting to see now that the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs are actually good or getting good or, or going to be good this year, what kind of uh, effect that has, because they've been bad for the last few years. But
1: Wait. So hold on a second. Can you back up? Because this is actually really interesting. What to those who are not super in the market, like what exactly do you mean? Why are the Maple Leafs such an important connection to the Raptors? I'm I'm
0: saying that it's sort of tongue in cheek. In in the I, I, I don't want to divert the discussion, but but it's it's I don't the 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 two fan bases are not that they're separate, but obviously the the bigger sort of media story locally is usually the Leafs. But it's been the timing of this has been sort of funny in that like the Leafs have been like like historically bad the last few years and the Raptors have been have gradually gotten very very good uh, and now the Raptors have, the Raptors aren't as exciting because as for all the reasons we just discussed they're they're the same sort of team then they're sort of we see the ceiling whereas the Leafs are sort of on, just on this on this upswing where now this year like who knows what they're going to do they could be they could be a, a player we don't know so it's just kind of it'll be interesting to see what kind of effect that has on like sort of media uh sort of stories here and like on the on attention because because they're the biggest they're the biggest like hockey team and of course hockey is you know still a huge deal here and of
1: course they're also owned by the same ownership group
0: right and and for the and historically the, the raptors were always sort of like the little brother like in the sense that like you know you bought you know when they started it was like if you wanted Leafs tickets you had to buy raptors season tickets like that sort of thing like it was sort of they came as a package but they were always sort of like the well i guess the throw in so i agree that the raptors have definitely hit their like they've they're definitely now they, they're, the credibility i guess they they have achieved it so that's true i i, I can concede that point but uh, i'm i'm still of the opinion that like this there's still like there's a ceiling but there's still there's still some move or some i believe i don't want to sound too hopeful but i do i believe that there's some other thing that can happen because every time it seems like we've been the team's in boxed into a corner, they've figured out a way to you know make you know we, we thought Damari Carroll was the answer, then he wasn't. We thought you know, but we got out from underneath that contract. These sort of things happen. So I just I don't know if I mean who knows? Maybe they trade Valanciunas this year and get a whole bunch of stuff. We don't know. I
2: think you're definitely onto something with that, just because of how good of a GM the side has been,
0: uh-huh. and
2: just his ability to to maneuver deals out of nowhere. I think I think you. Definitely make a good point there. I just don't know if he's like, he's such a savant that he can somehow uh, push the needle enough for for it to be relevant for this
0: team. That's fair. That's fair. There might not be a deal there. I I agree. Like I said, they didn't didn't do what OKC did and went all in on with, with, you know, Paul George or whatever. So it's like, yeah, maybe there is nothing there. But I mean, the team could be very different. That's all.
1: Mm -hmm. That's all true I feel like the Maasai pulling stuff out of nowhere Is a little overblown in terms of big names I think he's pretty good at sort of finding those Reserve players uh, The Corey Josephs, the Pattersons The guys like that uh, but maybe not as much in the big names. But, you know, that, that's the answer to another thing we are going to ask, which is sort of like how do we get them unstuck. Um, ultimately, though, like this whole discussion of ceilings and whatever, at least to me, like kind of comes back to the two stars. And, you know, these are two of the hardest players I find on the Internet to discuss, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. You know, how good are they is a really difficult question to answer because they both didn't come from the – the normal walk of life that a superstar would come from. We obviously know that DeRozan is a very divisive player stylistically. We obviously know Lowry has broken down in multiple playoffs now. So at the end of the, I mean, ultimately the ceiling of this team is based on those two players. So I'm very curious to hear from two people who follow them a lot closer. Like, Daniel, how good are they?
0: I think Lowry's amazing. And I, and I think the only thing that sort of undoes him sometimes is I don't think all of his teammates are as smart as he is. <laughs> but I agree that like I think I, I don't I don't want to put it all on them but I think I think he some of his I mean he said it in the media day he wanted to try and uh, be a better leader and, and I think he is a good leader but I think one of the things he, the, the, the team's trying to do is they're trying to you know improve their passing improve their ball movement I mean they're always trying, everyone's trying to improve their shooting but I think it's one of those things where I think Lowry, I think he is like we we, we know the ceiling on him Unlike a a character, a player like, like we're talking about, John Wall, where it's like his athletic feats are still almost still to come to a certain extent. We like the ceiling is just feels much higher. Or a guy like, you know, Giannis coming up, Giannis kumpo. like it's like, well, obviously that guy is going to do some amazing things. But I I always think that he's underrated. I don't know. There's something about the way Lowry's judged and, and that always sort of irks me because you watch it, what an effect he has on the team. And DeRozan, I just think I, I love watching him play now because after years of just watching, you know, just pure frustration as he sort of figured out how to how to develop his game. And now I feel like, you know, you can give, the, give him the ball and he can make something happen, which wasn't always the case. Let's
1: say you had the chance to pick the Eastern Conference, like kind of first. You're picking teams in a pickup game for, the, and for all players in the Eastern Conference. Where do you pick Lauer and DeRozan?
2: Hmm. Uh, well,
1: we talked about some guys that might go in front of them,
2: right? Well, obviously, LeBron, um, uh, Kyrie would go, Gordon Hayward, John Wall, like I get talked about,
1: Giannis. I don't know where,
2: to, I don't know where to, oh, yeah, Giannis, obviously. Uh, I'm not really sh- sure where I put, uh, put Isaiah. I'd probably, I would take, I would take Lowry over Isaiah, I think. And, uh, I mean, DeRozan's still somewhere down that list. I think
0: uh... – I'll take DeRozan ahead of, of, of Thomas in a second. Well, with,
1: eh. with his injury situation, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With
0: the DeRozan, they yeah. put him in a one-two pick-and-roll, and DeRozan cooked him time after time after time. There's no, there's just I, – like, I feel like he can be, he can be exploited, whereas DeRozan can also be exploited, but not as much. I
1: mean, That's DeRozan right. exactly, like, the sharpest defender in the shed <laughs> either. But he, but he
0: can't – but he can, but it's but he can turn it on. Whereas Isaiah can be as attuned as he wants. He's still yeah. a small guy that can be bullied around the court. I mean.
2: that's true. But you know, I, I think like with with Demar and Isaiah, we're talking about two guys where they're both both their most valuable traits are uh, are shot creation and mm-hmm. well, one shot clip creation important. It's important in the playoffs, and one guy has done it in the playoffs, and the other guy kind of tend to, uh, to fall to the wayside in the playoffs, so. All
0: right, fair point.
1: I mean, how much does that inform this discussion? Because, you know, it feels like we do this every year. You look at, in DeRozan's case, he is just a pleasure to watch on a night-to-night basis. Like, I'm, I'm on this big, like, I like players who are just different because i feel like the Mm -hmm. league is starting to get a little homogeneous and derozan is different like i'm just getting a different experience watching him and the the stuff he does is stuff that nobody else in the league does but then the playoffs comes and like all that some of that bullshit doesn't work and meanwhile lowry it's a, a lot of the same things it's you look in the regular season his plus minus numbers are great he's got this great ability to maximize like every little inch of space he he takes great shots he's He's very good at that. And then the playoffs comes and just some of the bullshit just goes away. It's harder to do that stuff. So, you know, that's why it's really hard to evaluate both of those guys. And also because, I mean, honestly, like I said at the jump, like, they did not come in. The Raptors didn't come in and say, yes, we're going to build a team around Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Like, I Guarantee you that's not what Masai thought he was going to do. It just kind of fell into his his lap uh-huh. that way, and so it's really hard to figure out how good they are. And I think that affects. There's also a little bit of sort of the locally those guys have really overcome a lot. So there's a tendency by some people to overrate them, and then there there's a tendency also to underrate them a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, so it's it's really hard to figure out like what how good they are. And it's the same way. Nationally I'm not sure they inspire as much confidence as maybe they do locally.
2: Right. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. I would say that they're they're a little bit overrated locally and and uh underrated nationally. Like well with the SI rankings, like Damar in his <laughs> annual tradition decided he was gonna get mad about it. But you know, he, he definitely has a bit of a point. He gets a lot of short trip just because he's uh he's a hard guy to put in a box. I think Lowry does too. The thing with Lowry is like he's just like, it's like, it's like you said, Mike, like he's a guy who, who finds space. He just like puts his, he, he puts his butt out and like, he just, <laughs> he finds a way to make his, uh, his, his body more, more valuable than pretty much anybody else in, in the league does. And I think as like, as junkies, we can appreciate that, but like, he's not the highlight reel guy, you know, he's not very athletic. He's, uh, he's pretty much at his peak. So there's not really anything like to really like look forward to. So, I, but at the same time, he's still one of the best point guards in the league. And I think that that definitely does get overlooked sometimes.
0: I just think you mentioned Mike mentioned him maximizing every inch, and I think that's the thing. That's where that why in, with Lowry's in Lowry's case, I think his value will increase as his, his as his teammates potentially get better, or they do things that they do things a little differently, like I, or.
1: What would you do? What would they do differently? You think like so? Here, this is a good way to transition to this year's team. So they bring Ibaka back. They still have Valanciunas somehow. They lose Pat Patterson, and PJ Tucker. They bring in CJ Miles, who I've always been a big fan of, but I'm not quite sure where he fits in. Norm Powell is developing. They've got a lot of other young players: Delon Wright, Yaka Purgle, Lucas Nogueira, Pascal Siakam, and about six players I probably forgot. Then that's their team, basically. So what what can they do differently to kind of be more in tune with Lowry?
0: Well, well, with both of them, I think it's going to come down with Derozan. It's definitely the the biggest thing on offense for him is is to is to pick up when it's time to pass. He's not always the best at. He sometimes gets. I mean, I think this is a, a common complaint. He sometimes gets tunnel vision. He gets into his his steps and he and he can score that way very efficiently. But also sometimes, particularly in the playoffs, since we keep harping on that he gets pinned down and he gets stuck and he doesn't always see the the play out of it and when he does it's it suddenly puts defenses off on a off kilter with Lowry I think you really saw his frustration bubble out I can't remember if it was in I think it was after game 3 in the buck series where he was it was clear that he just he was putting everything on himself because I don't know if he really like you know there wasn't anyone else really stepping up or the inconsistency of his teammates was really getting him down I don't know if that's going to be improve or fall apart uh, now in the with, with the new teammates he's got like the new sort of, not the new teammates but the sort of young guys. I think I think Norm Powell is going to have a big effect this year. I think Wright is going to be used in interesting ways because they can put him at the one, two, or three. I mean, he's not a good enough shooter. I think Miles fits in very well. The only thing that's a shame is that they don't have that um, small ball four as much. They have too many centers on the team. But even those centers, I think Pertle's is going to be a good fit. I think he's going to be a pretty smart player to to use. Uh, I'm not really sure what to make of Siakam yet. Um, I like Siakam.
1: I have no I idea have what position confused. he is, but I I like him a lot more than the other dudes.
0: I think they can. Well, I think I think he's. They can. They're going to try and you know use him as like a three four five. If, if you know, in different <laughs> not, not use him as a three four five, but he can guard a three four five. I think that's right. What he means. Yeah. And like they can have him running around all over the place. I just it's it's just a matter of sort of seeing where. Where his energy is directed. Like Dwayne Casey always jokes that he, he likes players that he doesn't have to say uh, woe to, but he has to say, or he doesn't have to say "giddy up" to, but he has to say woe. You know, so he, the idea is that. <laughs> Siakam's going I've never heard it phrased like, that way, but I like it. I, he's, I, he says it better than I do with that with that sort of folksy charm of his. But he but he's basically implying that like Siakam's always running around the court. He's got tons of energy, but he has to sort of rein it in and figure out how to use it. That's that's
1: like how I think of writers. I want I want to see. I'm going to say that from now on. I want to see more woe writers and and fewer uh, what was it giddy up
0: no, he, writers. Sorry, he likes <laughs> the
2: most southern thing yeah. I ever heard. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, <laughs> Casey's great for that stuff. At least once, uh, once or a, couple, a few times a week, uh, he, he lets it. He drops some sort of folksy saying.
1: In Toronto too, that's what I love about uh, it as well.
2: I'm excited for that. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah I guess that's right you're uh, you're going out there soon. Um so yeah I mean that that's a lot of interesting stuff but I, it is true I haven't really quite heard like the eureka like this is this is going to change everything type of thing. Um and that's that's the uh the challenge here for them. But you know also trading water for a while if if LeBron leaves is not the worst thing in the world either. So It's an interesting sort of situation Uh, We're going to take a little quick uh, Break for a read from our sponsor And we'll be right back with drilling down Into some more questions you guys sent And everyone's favorite enigma Jonas Valanciunas This is a limited Upside podcast By now, everyone knows that the Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors for a few bucks. I've been a member for a while, and I love my shave. As anyone who has listened to these previews knows, I love my shave. But what you might not know, and I sure didn't, is that the Dollar Shave Club also has products for pretty much everything else I need. Body wash? Check. Shampoo? Check. Hair gel? Lip balm? All this other stuff you probably don't know you need. Everything. As soon as I heard Dollar Shave Club had stuff other than razors, I was sold. And this is super nice for me because I'm kind of embarrassed going to the store and not knowing exactly what I should be getting for all these different products. There are too many options. The clerks aren't super helpful or they, you know, they don't know the difference either. All those things... Now I don't have to worry about all that. I don't have to go to a store to get a high-quality shave and grooming products. They come right to my door thanks to the Dollar Shave Club. If you're like me and sick of the nonsense at the store, now is the time to try out the Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, Dollar Shave Club is basically giving away their starter set to new members. For only $5, this starter set features their Executive Razor and three trial-sized versions of the most popular products that help you stay fresh and clean. In that first box, you'll receive the Shave Butter, Body Wash, and One Wipe Charlie's Butt Wipes. Yep, you're going to need those. you also receive their Executive Razor, which includes the premium weighty handle and full cassette of cartridges. After the first box, replacement cartridges are sent for only a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com slash upside. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash upside. We're back, limited upside podcast. Toronto Raptors preview. Got Soratoy from the Athletic, uh, a bunch of other websites. Uh, also got uh, Daniel Reynolds from Raptors HQ. And I like we like to torture our our panelists with like would you rather questions. And I thought about this one for, on the fly for like two minutes. So tell me if this is a really dumb question, but would you rather Surat as a Raptors? observer I don't know if fan is the right word for you um observer would you rather see this be the year that Jonas Valanciunas is like finally puts it all together or would you rather see Norm Powell be the no-brainer like kind of third number third not star perhaps but the third guy in this core not necessarily which is better for the team but which would you rather see
2: I think I'd rather see, see Norm explode just because he's such an exciting player, and I think it would be I think it would be better for the team. But you know we don't have to necessarily get into that. But he's just uh, he's such an explosive player. You know I'd love to see him just uh, just improve his passing game a little bit, refine his his drives. I think he had he had some nice uh, he had some nice drives in the. The preseason game, some nice finishes, which is very important because that always translates to the regular season.
1: So, you know,
2: (laughs) Norm Powell is going to be an all-star. But, you know, I'm just, like, I'm a big big fan of the way he plays. Like, he's a 3—he's, a like, he could be a 3 and D guy. He's he's not a natural shooter, but he's a pretty good shooter. So, you know, he's just—I'd definitely rather see him— improve his game than uh than to see Jonas Jonas arrive unless that means you know turning Jonas into a trade ship that would be totally different story altogether then
1: well I imagine that's what it would be right if 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 Jonas has arrived then they could trade him I mean I get yeah I feel like we've had this Jonas discussion so much the Raptors fans are worn out by it is that
0: probably right the Jonas Valanciunas discussion will never die. There's actually a, a hashtag #JVHive that we uh, use to because every time someone talks about Jonas, some somebody comes flying in with some comment about how he's not being used well enough, or Casey should play him more, or this and that, and the other thing. Uh, I gotta agree though that yeah, I, I would probably want to see Norm Powell take off and become become that third dude. Because I don't think, even if Valanciunas does put it together, I don't know what that even is anymore. Although he did throw some nice passes the other night. so
1: He did have one or two nice passes. Um, he threw
0: a backdoor cut to Lowry. I yeah, mean, that's right. Lowry missed the shot, but he threw, he had, I think, five yeah, four, six. four six. Yeah. And he would have had a few more if they hadn't have missed some easy shots. And it was like, whoa, all right.
1: Yeah, still the same problem of, like, you can't move on defense, but... Yeah. No,
2: but it happened in the preseason game, so it's definitely going to continue. Oh, yeah,
1: Don't absolutely. Worry. I want
0: to believe. I want to believe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like we've just had that. It's unfortunate because, you know, when there was so much talk that he would be such a great player, the next star of the team, but the league kind of passed him by, and it's what is happening with a lot of these big men. They're getting a little legislated out of the game. I'm a huge Norm Powell fan, although I have to say, based on, like, our earlier conversation, I wonder if he gets overrated simply because he's, like, the one – player that's in the rotation that has like legit upside to be something different than what he is. Like, I kind of wonder if he gets a little overrated because he's the only guy on the team that's that.
0: That's possible. But, uh, but I mean, last year he kind of took a little, a little step back and I think he learned about what it will take to be a full-time rotation player. And I think he's, I mean, everything they say about his work ethic and his, you know, desire to succeed. I mean, these are the same sorts of debates we could have had about about DeRozan in a certain sense. I mean, DeRozan was obviously high, more highly touted, but he built himself into a very very good player. And Norman will probably not get to that level, but at the same time, who's to say he can't? I don't know. Who's to say he won't get to the the properly rated place he's supposed to be at?
2: I think when we think about his upside, uh, you got to remember that he is already twenty four years old. So you know, it's not like he's a uh, he's just like any. Any guy going to his third year, it's he. He came in a little bit more developed. He was going to be a little bit more NBA ready. I still think he has a lot of upside. Probably not DeRozan upside, but he definitely has a has the the work ethic, and you know he's got more more of a natural stroke too. I think so that that also helps him. But yeah, I just you, I think there's there's a sense that he he could really shift uh shift the franchise's hopes in a certain way, and i I don't think that's necessarily true,
1: yeah, right. I mean he's a nice player i I love the way he likes attacks the basket he's a little out of control sometimes, just a little bit, but uh, and I don't know about that three developing, but he i mean he he takes the ball hard to the rim, he's a little small for a three that at leads to one question we got um. We got about a bunch of these from Adam Patterson on Twitter, and he asked, "Would you rather see Norm as a starting three or CJ Miles? Um, which do you think is a better fit for the team?"
0: I like Norm with the starters because I like CJ Miles shooting. They need the they need that shooting off the bench, but and Norm plays better, I think, right now off the ball. So if you he, if he's if he's sort of attacking from the weak side with Lowry and DeRozan somewhere else, that kind of works well. But it looks like right now they they might be going with CJ, but we'll see.
2: I actually like the idea of letting CJ start and see if you uh, can try to just run like a spread pick and roll with uh, with DeMar handling the ball. They've been talking a lot in training camp just uh, about having Kyle play off the ball more so that the floor is more space and obviously having Miles out there helps with that. And just the other thing is that I, I like uh, I like putting Norm on the bench just to balance out some of the shot creation and really give him a chance to, to work out some of the kinks in, in his driving and just like, you know, trying to get away from that tunnel vision because, you know, it's something that you can work on, but that's some that's uh you know, you can, you can shoot a jumper all day, but there's only so many ways to drive into traffic and learn to pass out of it. And you, I think you got to be in game settings to do that. Like, I think sometimes when, when he's with Damar and Kyle, like he is, he's good off the ball, but the, like, the thing is like, he, I think his strengths aren't necessarily suited for that. He's a, uh, he, I think he should have the ball in his hands a little bit more just for for his development and for uh, for the good of the team, too.
1: I saw a stat recently where it was like his usage rate was way down when in the high teens or something when he shared the floor with the Rosen and Lowry, which kind of makes sense. With one of them, it was only a little bit better. And then with zero of them, his usage rate like shot the hell up. To like thirty yeah. something like that. I I really should cite my stats more because that <laughs> that would probably uh, be Blake better. Blake Murphy
2: actually posted that. I think.
0: Oh, sorry, Blake. Saw, my fault.
2: I saw that too. All
0: right. That sounds like something. I amazing. got you,
2: Blake. Yeah. I got the hockey assist.
0: And it and it suggests <laughs> it it sort of goes back to what we were talking about. It's like when he's on those when he's in those bench lineups, he has to create everything, or it sort of feels like that sometimes when he's without Lowry and DeRozan. So it's not surprising to hear those numbers go up.
1: Another question from Adam Patterson we talked to uh, the Raptors spent the summer talking about putting Serge Ibaka playing more center. Do we think that is a lineup we'll see a lot? I think you had talked, you guys had talked previously about there not being that swing up player although CJ Miles played some four in Indiana. Um, Sarat, do you think we'll see a lot of Ibaka at the five this year?
2: I mean, I hope so. It's, it's not really uh, feasible for him to start just because they don't have a lot of uh, power forward depth like we were talking about. They have they have more centers, so, you know, Vaca's getting older. He's he's played four for, the, for his entire life, so you don't necessarily want to wear him down playing a position that's a, a little bit bigger than what he's used to. So, you know, it's... You know, I think they should be uh, bringing that off the bench a lot, especially just to get get into the rhythm for it for the playoffs, because that's probably going to be their best lineup. It just... with uh, If you sub Norm out for Jonas and you start Miles, I think it just... It kind of gives them a little bit of everything. I think it makes... I mean, it makes Demar the worst defender on uh on the floor, which is like which is a pretty good situation to be in. Kyle's solid, Norm's solid, Miles solid, and uh, just having Ibaka on the on the back line there, I think uh, just I think it's really conducive to spacing, to to running, maybe you yeah. know getting some stops and and getting out on the fast break, and uh, I think it's uh it's definitely gonna be their best line for uh, for the postseason, and the more they can get used to it and learn to to play on a string and uh, develop some chemistry with it the better
1: it's like a yearly tradition like hey the raptors figure out their best lineup in the playoffs and they never played it um
0: so yeah no that that would that would go this year
2: they actually have a good reason
0: yeah they have to play Jonas at center just because they need someone to soak up all those minutes they can't have Serge play the entire season at center
1: so, do you think we'll see a lot of it, though, or do you think like we're going to see more traditional? I mean, Casey's a pretty traditional coach until the playoffs. I don't think he likes to go small a lot, and they do have Pirtle and Lucas Nogueira and Siakam. They have a lot of bigs. So, I mean, Daniel, do you think we'll see that a
0: lot? If if it's a, if, if it becomes a matchup issue in the, during the regular season, he'll go with surge at the five. Like you saw it, like let's say against Boston when they when they go with Horford and. And uh, whoever at power four, they go small. You saw that a couple times where they they at one point I think they were they ran out before they had surge. They ran out like Patterson and Carroll at the four or five because they had no side. You know they had no way to 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 figure out though that sort of lineup. Um, so I think you could see it employed that way. But as you, as you sort of said, they have too many centers and they have they haven't really figured out how they're gonna navigate that. So right now the only thing they can do is play a lot of Jonas and Serge, and, or Surge with, you know, I don't know, Pirtle, I guess, but that's because, of course, Serge can shoot, and the rest of the centers can't.
1: So you, you said earlier you think the decline of Serge Ibaka has been a little overstated. Daniel, do you, Sarat, do you agree with that, or do you think it's like kind of, he kind of is declining a little bit faster than we think?
2: I'm not sure where his decline is rated, actually. I didn't know it was a really <laughs> huge storyline. Uh, I think he's fine. I think obviously he wasn't, you know, he he wasn't exactly giving his his uh, his all in the magic, but he looked he looked good when he was on the Raptors, and, uh, and I think I think he'll be pretty good for uh, the duration of his contract. I'm not too worried about Serge.
1: So was it who was it that on the earlier who mentioned how he's about dog years and how he's declined. Oh, that, right? was, that was. Yeah. You?
0: yeah there's it's always seems like there's like this idea that he's just well first it was because people thought his age wasn't his age and that those jokes got so out of control he actually issued a statement
1: well that that was a little ridiculous i I thought we got a little
0: out of control for sure yeah I, i i i know i've made those jokes before and i realized yeah i gotta you know that was ridiculous and i and i and now it's like well he is he is what he is and uh I think uh, his skill set is still very useful, whether or not he you know I mean we were talking about the NBA passing Jonas by to a certain extent, it's sort of passed Serge by because he's not as you know good as a play, as good as a playmaker, um, and his mobility is declining somewhat, but he still has a ton of value. and I think again, the playoffs he was there were stretches there where he was really just amazing on both sides of the ball for the team.
1: He has a way of kind of messing up in very obvious ways and perhaps not uh, helping you in more subtle ways. Um, speaking of dog years, by the way, I think those age jokes definitely aged in dog years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm would, embarrassed now to admit that I've made some, like I said.
1: Yeah. So, wait. Dog years is seven years to one year, right? So, if – I'm okay, I should probably stop trying to figure out the math on how many days <laughs> – <laughs> that would be um, all right. I think we've like uh, properly covered this team. One last question from uh, Raps fan he, one two three seven. You really should come up with a better username. Over under thirty three is a game for the Raptors. How many did they averaged last year? Again, more things I should have looked up before I started this podcast. Thirty three is a game is a lot, or maybe it's not anymore. I I feel like that's actually not anymore. Do we think they go over or under? And as I check how many they got.
0: No, uh, nobody gonna, has a number. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm doing, I'm doing the path in my head. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say under unless Jonas gets the green light and starts bombing them.
1: Toronto shot 23. Oh no, wait, that's not, that's in the priest. That's in the playoffs. <laughs> Jesus. I really they shot should
2: 41 s- yesterday.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good oh. sign then. But preseason, unfortunately, yeah. uh,
0: they
2: shot, like, what did we just say about the preseason?
1: They only shot twenty four point three a game last year. That's a lot lower I than that, I would have thought. I
0: can see that. I can see that going up to like twenty eight. Right.
1: Well, yeah. Well, how many they shot? They didn't shoot that many either when Lowry was injured during the second half. Yeah. So that depressed yeah. their number a little bit. I imagine.
0: I'm just. I was just trying to do the math. If, if Lowry shoots like eight or nine, and Miles shoots you know, six and surge shoots six. And then they got a couple of random ones from norm and whoever else, maybe you start to get up to 25, 26, but after that, I don't know. It's tough.
1: They shot a few more pre all-star break, but not as many as I thought. So I'm going to say no on that one. Uh, I do not think that will happen. Um All right, Uh right. We're going to kind of end this with a couple Sort of silly questions because that's what we do. First one, I, I'm I'm calling audible on my first one that I suggested on this uh, on this agenda. Over under, how many games will Drake attend this year? Uh, what would be the number you'd set it at if you had to put this on the board? Point five. That's it. He, he
0: goes more than that, five. does he? Really? He goes he, more than that, to, doesn't he, came, he? He came to one game last year, one regular season game. And it was the Drake night. That was it. Really? Yeah, he was there. I think of a couple of games in the playoffs, or maybe all the playoffs. But regular season, he's not there anymore.
1: Is that good? Do you like good or bad? Do you want more of him, or are you kind of cool with him, like sort of not being around as much?
0: Well, it's funny when he's there because he sometimes he, it's funny when stuff's happening there. But the the to me, the Raptors Drake sort of romance is over. But that's neither here nor there, I suppose.
1: Okay, zero point five. I'm gonna say two, and you and you would both take the under. I would
0: take the under, yeah.
2: Yeah, th- uh, I'm just I'm just gonna defer to Daniel there.
0: Who knows? Maybe he won't be on tour. Maybe he'll be around more. I don't know, but it, 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 I don't think he, he's gonna be at many games. I don't know. Yeah, it's
1: it's kind of weird how that whole thing did did it all like fall apart when they had the tampering issues with Durant. Or was it sort of before then? You know, it, it almost was like he needed to be there to get them to a certain
0: level, and now they don't really need him anymore. That's exactly what happened. They mm-hmm. they, they brought him in to be the figurehead when they were going to tank, and then they didn't tank, and then gradually mm-hmm. the need for him to be around shrunk. And he's a great he's a great guy to sort of have associated with the team because, of course, you're trying to build up cultural cachet. But I think they've hit the ceiling on that, too. Mm -hmm.
1: They don't have new uniforms. They don't have the new uniforms anymore, so they don't have that. You were going to say something, Surratt, sorry.
2: Oh, I was just going to add that uh, I think Drake thought that he was kind of going to be the face of the franchise. Mm You know, not so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, instead you have actual players as the face of the franchise. Oh, no. (laughs) What
2: a novel idea.
1: Novel idea there. Uh, yeah. They don't have new uniforms this year, I was I was saying. I'm trying to think. Because like, the whole thing was also part of a rebrand. Now they don't have that yeah. to worry about
0: anymore. There was acrimony there between Drake and the Raptors and the rebrand because there was something about the symbol. Anyway, it was the, the logo was not the way he wanted it or something. It was back and forth. I, 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 there's a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes, I think, about this. But that kind of pushed them apart.
1: I'm not sure if I want Drake designing our my team's jerseys.
0: I don't know how official that was. That rumor was. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's the guy I want doing that stuff because it probably wasn't his idea to come up with like Toronto Husky, the Toronto Huskies court, which is dope. And uh, how many times are they going to run that out this year? Are they? Gonna, are they still doing that?
0: Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't. I assume I so. Think yeah, I think so.
1: How many times they did that last year? They did it like five times.
0: Um, that's a good question i'm not sure uh,
2: i think it, was, it felt like a little bit more than
1: that well they definitely did it for that celtics game uh i'm gonna look this up uh i feel like they did it like a handful of times you know it's one of those things you have to be careful about um yeah too much um would you rather have the team have just been the toronto huskies from the jump no
2: no i like the raptors
0: Huskies Hus- Hus- is not a good name
1: just because Raptors was very much like a nickname in a certain time, it was right after Jurassic Park came out, and so it was kind of yeah. it was kind of goofy. And now they've almost like done this thing where they've made like the Raptors be really modern and cool. There's exactly. something about the way it, lo- it it feels. They've done a good. If it, if it wasn't Drake's plan to rebrand this way, like then they did it the right way because now Raptors has a totally different
0: meaning to me now. It's a cool sounding word. That's what mm-hmm. I think. Huskies has. Yeah, I think has, going
2: back to the throwback stuff a little bit was good as well because those jerseys were awesome.
0: Yeah, that's a smart thing to do to have it uh, here and there. But every every time they ha- they bring it back, the Huskies, they go, well, maybe they should just rename the whole team. And it's like, no, Raptors. We've we've done all this work to re- to make the team good. Like, like you know, <laughs>
1: right.
0: we've invested all this, and you know, we've gone through all these weird jerseys and things, and now we're here.
1: I'm curious though, like let's say you, you you had like was Raptors the name you would pick if you started the franchise today or would you pick something else
2: Well you're saying that they went with a really trendy thing so I think maybe I'd call them like the Toronto avocado toast or <laughs> something like that, the Toronto coffee like I, I don't even know how to say that whatever the thing that Trump said was
0: Oh the Toronto burritos maybe I don't
2: know. Mm, Yeah
1: I was going to make a Rob Ford joke here, but I'm going to no. pass on those. <laughs> All right. Uh, last, this is a question that we ask everybody. Uh, I, I'm sure you guys have thought about this one for days uh, because it's a very, very serious question. You're on a banana boat with three members of Toronto Raptors history, a la Carmelo D. Wade, CP3 LeBron, one of them took the picture. I forget which, but it's you and three other Raptors from all time, uh, Raptors history. You're obviously not necessarily you're picking the three players you who are like, yeah, I would love to hang out with those guys. Uh, whether it's yeah, I want to tell people I hung out with them, or I actually want to hang out with them. Whatever your criteria, Surratt, who are your three?
2: Well, this is actually the thing that I thought about more than any of your other questions.
1: Good, I mean, that's how it should be.
2: I think about it, but, right? So the way I came down was start with T-Mac because, A, I think he's a guy that gets you in everywhere, which is very important. You know, you just skip the line straight to VIP. And he seems like a pretty pretty cool guy. So it's not like, you know, you're – like I was, I was going to go with Vince, but it seems like T-Mac's probably just a little bit more chill. And then I go with Hakeem because – Oh, so the next day, when you're sitting on the beach and you're super hungover, who else would you want to be sitting on the beach with and just having like super deep talks with than Hakeem Olajuwon? And like maybe he could teach me a couple of things about soccer or That'd post moves.
1: Cool. He could teach mm-hmm. you the reverse pivot or something.
2: And then I'll go with, uh, round it out with Chuck Hayes because he seems super fun.
1: That's right, Chuck Hayes played for them. Hakeem is kinda of cheating though, because he was only there for like one year, and you don't think of him as a raptor.
2: Do you there's not a lot of players that you think of as a raptor, so. I mean, do you think of T-Mac as a Raptor?
1: More so him. I mean he got drafted right. by yeah, them.
2: Okay. <laughs> Fair enough, actually.
1: I mean, but like Hakeem, it's sort of funny that he was a raptor, so I go with that. Um, Daniel, who are your three?
0: I was I was originally gonna say some wacky stuff like you know, Keon Clark or something. But no, I um um Wait, why not? <laughs> well it depends what kind of party you wanna have what kind of vacation you wanna have, I guess. Um I think um w first I would say Charles Oakley because okay. uh, to me he's still my favorite he's still my favorite raptor of all time. And just because he's the kind of guy I feel like uh you never have to worry about anything with him around, I think. Just in general. Just I feel like he's on top of everything. Number Unless
1: two, you're at Madison Square Garden. Yes, but be kind of hard to sail a boat, sail a boat into a basketball court. Um,
0: number two. Oh man, I'm, I should have thought about this more than I. Than yeah. I. Than yeah, I than yeah, yeah. I,
1: Sirac I came prepared. You did not.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say okay. Number two was gonna be. Uh, oh, I had it in my head and I forgot.
2: So you're too busy focusing uh, oh, on the Matt, basketball.
0: I was gonna say Matt Bonner. Okay. Um, he he definitely seems like a fun guy to hang out with. And, uh, and then I just had a third guy in my head, and it fell out of my head. Oh, no. This is going to bug me now. Keon Clark. <laughs> By default. <laughs> yeah, Keon Clark, sure. Yeah, fine. Yeah, all right. We'll end it on that note. Keon Clark, good times. Oh, okay. What about Hito? No way. Hito's
2: on, Hito's on my short list.
0: No. I would, I would not. He wouldn't want to get pizza pizza. It would be terrible. No.
1: Okay. What about, what about Jalen Rose? Yeah, Jaylen Rhodes could be oh, good. Oh, that
0: would be a good one. Yeah. I was actually I was trying to think of someone on the current th- or, or or actually Noguera.
1: Yeah, Noguera Lucas would be Lowe pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that was sorry, he's, that was third. That was my third pick. Lucas Noguera uh, is my third my third guy cuz I he's a great guy and and uh, I like talking to him and uh, he's yeah, he's he's interesting.
2: He's the only guy on the on the current roster that was like on my short list. These guys are like great for a basketball team, but these guys are just way too serious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are. They are funnier than the cameras sometimes suggest. My 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 the guy I always say is funnier than people realize is is or he's goofier at least anyway. But you never see it because anytime they talk to him, he's just always like very monotone. But every time yeah. the cameras aren't around, he's actually kind of a goofball. I mean, your mileage on that may vary, but it's kind of funny.
2: Yeah, I always hear that. I tried to I tried to talk to him at training camp like two years ago, I think, and like he pretended that he wasn't fluent in English still. Thought Ooh, was, yeah it it's like you just you just pull that out. Like I've seen you do endorsements. Like what are you, yeah. do, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> that's rude. That's awful. No Barnyani. I no, guess
2: that's a smart move.
0: No. no, no, no one ever figured that guy out. No one cracked that nut. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess you could have like the Larry DeRose in tandem, but they would just be like trading jokes at each other. They wouldn't necessarily be involving the whole group. They'd just be like just trying to one up each other the whole
0: time. Yeah, they were too, too close together. Yeah,
1: current team. Eh. I feel like they're – I mean, Bosch I think, didn't really break out until personality-wise until he – in Miami. And I'm also – again, that's another one of those – I'd love to have a conversation with them, but I'm not sure I want to hang out on a boat with them type of players. Um,
0: yeah. Pat Patterson was pretty good. Pat Patterson was a film guy. I would talk to him about film, but, but uh Yeah.
2: I think Bosch would actually be pretty solid. He's like, yeah, got a ton of interests. Likes to likes to try different beers, different wines. He's like a total foodie. Show you all the good places.
1: You had a short list, sir. Who else was on the short list?
2: Uh, who else was on? The- oh, was on the short list. Uh, who else did I say was on there? Baby was on there. Um, let me think. Did I mention anybody else that was on there? I think uh, I think I've covered my short list actually.
1: I guess if it was like a really a lot of people, it wouldn't really be much of a short list. So that's probably
2: right. the thing. It wasn't a long list.
1: <laughs> they never say like, here's on my short my medium sized list. Uh, <Right>. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, this is something I'm curious to hear from Raptor Sands. If we forgot anyone, I'm sure we did. We always do. Uh, sp- even with a team that's only been around for 20 years like some of those old expansion dudes they probably were some weird ass players on like the 96 team that I'm forgetting Vincenzo
0: about. Esposito or legend Alvin Ro- Alvin Robertson or who else you want
1: Alvin Robertson was kind of a didn't he like did, didn't he get arrested for statutory rape or something
0: uh, well that's when you're talking about the characters on the team yeah it's uh, it was a t- t- tough uh, tough uh, run there at the beginning
1: human trafficking
0: but why? Oh. Did you just look that up? Is that no. really the case? Oh, yeah,
1: shit. For, for real. Yeah, maybe not him. All
0: right. <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: know if I, in, a, in a foreign country, not, not, uh, not feeling too confident.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe not him. Um, all right, so let's come to the moment of truth. Uh, I'm getting the sense that we're either super down or not really that invested in this team or sort of looking for small victories because we know kind of they're in a certain spot. What are we thinking as far as record and uh, all that stuff in the East? Like, what What's a realistic sort of scenario for them? What, what do we got? We're putting our money where our mouth is.
2: I think they're still a 50-win team.
1: 50 wins, what seed?
2: Ooh, uh, third seed.
1: Third seed. Head of the Wizards.
2: Yeah, yep. I think the Wizards are a better playoff team, but they're just, I mean, they're a little, little bit younger, and like they always just like do some shit in the in the regular season i just can't really trust them to
1: yeah don't remind me <laughs> <laughs> they always do do some shit uh daniel what do you got
0: uh, i gotta say about the same thing Fifty fifty one, fifty two. 51 52 you know wins and third seed and probably a similar outcome they end up playing you know cleveland or something and that's it
1: Yeah, I think they will take a little step back because I think they did lose a lot of key players, you know, off their bench. And their defense, I think, is I'd be really surprised if they're a top half of the league defense. And I don't think their offense, when did they finish in offense last year, like eighth? Seventh, I think they're going to take a step back there, so I'm like kind of down on them. But I also, it's also one of those things, right? You know, there's nothing that interesting in saying that the Toronto Raptors are going to be what they probably are going to be. So you, they tend to be underrated in these preseason situations because you're really falling in love with the next big thing, the Milwaukee's, the Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. Washington. So I still think though that they're probably mid forties in the five seed. You know, I think Washington will jump them, and I think the Milwaukee can jump them too you know I just I think they lost a lot with Patterson and Tucker and you know Corey Joseph we haven't talked at all about I know DeLon Wright's gonna step in in that spot but that's a lot for a lot of young guys and they don't have a wing stopper unless Powell really steps up you know I'm I'm just a little more down on them than I think you guys are but honestly like it probably is the preseason sort of familiarity the curse of familiarity here Anyway, that's the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Meh. Or cautious. That's what we came up with, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. we should send that to the marketing department. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you think, like, which would go on the front and which would go in the back of the T-shirt?
0: Ooh. I think you got to put Meh on the back, so it's really just, you know, it's a great punchline.
2: Right. I mean, if you put cautious on the front, it's kind of like a cliffhanger.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, like, That's how true. many how many people... Like, like
2: cautiously
1: lo- what? Oh, it's true. You have to have it as an adverb, so you have to have cautiously, because... Mm-hmm. You uh, think it's
2: going to say optimistic. you're cautiously... Yeah. But, so you're not too surprised when you're happy.
1: Okay. All right. But, like, the thing is, some people, like, look at people from the back to front. Like, if you're in the... Imagine, like, you're in the crowd. Like, you know how they do those t-shirt handouts, right? And imagine they hand mm-hmm. out the t-shirts, and it's... what well, they had, like, some weird logos last mm-hmm. year.
0: The t shirts have always, almost always been terrible. It's hilarious how bad they are. But anyway.
1: Yeah. So you hand them out, or you're at, a, what's the name of the square, where the Maple Leaf Square or whatever, and they, they're yeah. also wearing the t shirts. And so generally people are standing in back of each other. So you would all look at that and you would see meh. And that's not exactly the way to get excited about your customary Saturday afternoon playoff game.
2: Mm-hmm. As opposed to cautious. <laughs> you could really yes. just get everybody up off their seats. <laughs>
1: that's right uh anyway toronto raptors uh that was that uh Thanks to Surat Sohi. Thanks to Daniel Reynolds. Uh, this was hopefully the team is a little bit more dynamic than uh, we hope it. We think it is. It, it is a little hard to get like super pumped about a team that brings the core back together. But look, it's the best time to be a Raptors fan win loss wise. Uh, so we've got Cleveland and the Clippers coming up next in our countdown. We're almost done. The season is how many days away now? It's 17 days, 16 days. 15 days. 15. God damn it. I mean, I'm excited, but god damn it. That's so that's so soon. But anyway, thank you all for joining us. Where can they find you guys on the internet uh, to follow you?
0: Uh, well, I'm at aka underscore Reynolds, and Raptors HQ uh, is the site, at Raptors HQ.
2: And you can follow me at Damien trellard on Twitter, and you can find my Raptors work at The Athletic and... Other NBA stuff, pretty much anywhere where there is stuff written about the NBA.
1: Alrighty, well, thank you all so much. And until next time, this is the Limited Upside Podcast.